Nate's come out with another awesome tool for the swimming community. It's called Swim Nerd Live, and it allows the data and times from your actual scoreboard to be broadcast and viewed in real time on any smart TV, phone, or other device. It has all the information you're looking for, event, heat, lane, name of swimmer, times and places. One click on any device and they're watching your swim meet live in real time. Go to swimpractice.com to learn more. Okay, Jordan Wilamowski, welcome to the podcast, mate. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Well, listen, I've got to spend a lot of time with you recently. Uh, moved to LA in July, you know, things going on with the pandemic and pool changes here and there. And then I was reaching out to people and finally got a hold of your coach, Dave Kelsheimer, and he was uh, saying that he might have some lane space available to, to kind of fit me in with with uh, my boys that I'm coaching. And uh, so we were lucky enough to kind of jump in about a month ago and get in next to you. And uh, mate, it's been a real eye opener watching you work and watching you practice. So I've been very impressed with your work ethic. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been fun. I mean, I haven't really done a lot of uh, sets or anything with Cody or Matt, but it's cool to have them on deck every day and, and see what they're doing too. So yeah. Well, here's the thing that really stands out when you, when, you know, I kind of observe people and, and, uh, and I like to watch from the sideline, just take things in. And, and, you know, the first thing that jumps out is, first of all, you're not the biggest guy. How tall are you? Uh, 5'10". I'll claim 5'10". 5'10". <laughs> all right. You, you're squeezing into 5'10". And then how much do you weigh? Uh, about 160. 160. All right. 5'10", 160. Okay. So it's, you're not the biggest guy, but I'll tell you what, I have, uh, I've, I've been around some athletes. I've been around some guys that can train. Uh, I've been lucky to kind of share the pool with Grant Hackett and uh, Kieran Perkins and Daniel Kowalski to, to kind of name three of the ones that stand out to me. And, and they're all much bigger than you. Uh, they probably weigh a lot more than you, but uh, there's no one that has, that I've seen that, that is, that would outwork you, you know, uh, you, you're, you're amongst the giants, you're amongst the greats in terms of your work ethic. Um, where does that come from for you? Oh, uh, I mean, well, thanks. For, that's a big compliment being named along some of those guys. Um, you know, just growing up training with Dave, like he would talk about, you know, those three all the time, particularly Grant and some of the, the work he was doing. So, um, but yeah, like, like you said, I'm not the biggest guy and I definitely would say I'm not um, particularly like naturally gifted in swimming in any way. And so if, for me, that's just like the only way I've been able to be successful in swimming is just is work hard. Um, yeah. And, and I mean, that's kind of how I, I got faster. And so that's just kind of what I've continued to do ever since I was able to kind of make some gains in swimming is, is work hard. Cause you know, for me, uh, you know, there aren't really any shortcuts. There aren't really any, any ways I can uh, get around doing less or anything like that. And so, um, yeah, I've always just tried to work hard and, I think, you know, I, I was lucky enough to swim with Michael Bull for a while down in Australia, which was awesome. And he'd always say kind of, uh, this the quote that he had was, was the further you get away from what made you great, the further away you get from being great. And mm. yeah, I always, always really liked that. And so, yeah, I mean, I've, I kind of got like successful just grinding it out and um, 
stuck with it. <laughs> well, listen, for those that don't know you, you're the only male who's qualified for the 2021, now the 2021 Olympics for the US uh, swim team, correct? Uh, yeah, the, uh, the only guy qualified so far. We have uh, Haley and Ashley qualified as well for the, for the women. Yeah, so right now you're qualified in the 10K, right? Yeah. And you're, you're training for the pool. You're, you're trying to qualify for the pool as well? Yeah, I mean, I've always kind of tried to do, do both and be able to swim the 15 and 8 as well. So, um, yeah, I'll be swimming that at trials and, and hopefully at those events as well. Now, this isn't the first time for you. You were uh, back in 16. You, were you the first male to qualify for the U.S. Olympic team in both the pool and the open water? Uh, yeah, I was the first, first U.S. athlete to swim both of the same games. Um, and I did that in 2016. Wow. Pretty, pretty impressive, mate. Um, I do want to kind of dig into those a little bit, but, um, you know, spending a bit of time on the deck with Dave and Dave's got a lot of stories and he's got a lot, a lot of time to tell me some of those stories while you're swimming up and down the pool. But, um, one of the ones that really stood out was obviously the, the, you know, how you got into swimming is pretty interesting story by itself, right? Yeah, uh, I started swimming when I was nine. Um, and that's like kind of a story a lot of people like to hear is because uh, I try to do, try to sign up for junior lifeguards, which is a program that they run on the beach down here in, in uh, California and Los Angeles that teaches you kind of ocean water safety, mm. surf life-saving skills. Um, but, you know, at nine, it was just something that I heard you could surf and hang out on the beach all summer. So I was like, sign me up. That sounds awesome. Um, but the one, uh, qualification is you have to swim hundred freestyle in a minute and 50 seconds. <laughs> so yeah, at nine, I, I wasn't able to do that. I think I was two minutes and they're like, I mean, you can have another go if you want, but we don't think you're going to miraculously drop 10 seconds. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think they, I, that's kind of why I started swimming. I think right after that, I asked my mom, can you sign me up for a swim team instead? And so I joined the local YMCA team that summer and um, yeah, that's kind of how I got my start. Pretty incredible. Hey, yeah, it's, it's amazing that you started with a setback and it didn't break you, you know, and it kind of, kind of sums up who you are today as the, the person that's kind of mentally, m more mentally tough than, you know, the people around you. It's just, you're, you don't have any quit in you. It seems like. <laughs> uh, some days, maybe some days more than others, if there's a tough step, but yeah, try and, uh, try and, you know, grind through it and, um, yeah, not, not give up too easily. Well, I've seen you with some training partners and, I, and I've also seen you doing a lot of work alone. And there was actually a quote that I saw today that, that um, kind of jumped out at me and reminded me of you. I'll read it to you. It says, in life, there's nothing more common than talent and intelligence. What's missing is passion, persistence, commitment, and dedication. And I've seen you in both arenas. I've seen you with training partners. I've seen you alone. And the way that you approach your training and the way that, um, you know, you look at your, your goals of the day, it doesn't change whether you've got someone next to you or you don't. It's not dependent on that. For you, it's like you've come in, you come in with a mission and you come in with passion and commitment and dedication. And that's really the thing that ultimately separates you from the people that I've seen training with you. And that's not to take anything away from them. Look, they're great athletes. But do you notice that in yourself as well? Do you feel like there's a something different in you that they don't necessarily possess? I mean, I've never really thought about it. Um, yeah, kind of like I said before, for me, like I, I wouldn't necessarily categorize myself as 
particularly talented. So the only way I've been able to be successful is just to have a lot of uh, passion and, and come in every day and work hard. And um, yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of swimmers that, you know, are, are definitely more talented than me. And it's just like, man, if they just would, would kind of like dedicate themselves, they could be so good. Um, and then for some reason, whatever, whatever that may be, they're not really into to kind of pushing themselves that extra step and, and kind of progressing to that next level. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of, like I said, the only way I've found I can get better. Do you get frustrated though with people who put so much time and energy into it, but they're just not willing to take that like last little step of like full dedication and full commitment to, to the goal, especially someone who you in your own words say, look, I'm not the most talented guy. I'm not the biggest guy. Does it frustrate you when you see more talented people, people that are maybe bigger and stronger who maybe have more potential in your eyes? Is that frustrating? Oh, for sure. I mean, like just if you're a your teammate or whatever and you want to see them succeed, you're like, man, you could be so good if you just kind of dedicated yourself. But um, yeah, I mean, I guess that's just like an, another thing that, you know, you got to be able to uh, commit yourself fully if you want to be successful. Is it as simple as that? Like, you know, like you've seen high level achievers, you've been around a lot of different people. What, what is the separating factor? Like why, why is it that some people are willing to commit fully and some, some people aren't, especially ones who seem to have an immense amount of talent. Why do you think those talented kids just won't commit fully? Oh man, I have no idea. I think, um, you know, to some extent, I think if, if swimming kind of comes to you super easily, especially when you're young, um, you kind of, you know, progress super easily and, and, you know, you're hitting trials and all that stuff. And then you kind of get to that level where everyone's as good as you, it, it might be tough to, to kind of hit those first setbacks. And it's kind of hard to overcome that. I feel like I kind of saw that a little bit in college swimming, you know, where these kids would be super talented, you know, compared to their, their high school teammates or their club teammates and they get to college where everybody's fast and it's kind of like a big jump for them. Um, you know, they're not used to kind of losing in training or uh, getting beat at dual meets and stuff like that. And, and I think for a lot of people, that's, you know, it's hard to deal with. Um, if, but for me, you know, it's like, I always got my butt kicked. I always kind of got beat or anything like stuff like that. So I didn't really, didn't really notice that, um, you know, kind of when I got to that next level or whatever it was. Let's get into your head a little bit. Tell me, you know, because I'm fascinated with with what's going on inside your head because there's obviously a toughness in there too. When you're doing the yards on any particular day, when you see the workout and you know the work you've got to do, and it can be quite daunting. I've seen your workouts and I think to myself, wow, that's that's a lot of work today. You know, what what are the things you're saying to yourself when you see the workout, during the workout, as it's going on? What are you saying? Yeah, I think... Um you know, the first thing you always tell yourself is, you know, like kind of remind yourself why you're training. And I've been fortunate to make the, uh, the Olympic team a year out, or I guess two years out now. And so, you know, right off the bat, that kind of makes it easier when you're coming in you're like, I'm, I'm working to represent my country at the Olympic games. Um, in terms of like needing extra motivation, other than that, you know, you don't really need a ton. <laughs> uh, just cause the, that's like, that's always been my dream. Like, like goal in swimming, especially the last kind of four years after making the Olympics in 2016 is like to get back there and have another chance to compete. And so, um, you know, knowing you're working towards that kind of makes it easier to kind of grind through those tough sets. But I think uh, I definitely just try and take it one, 
one set at a time, one 100 at a time. You know, if you have a set of four 1000s or whatever it was, you know, you're not, not going to be able to do it if you're just like, man, I'm going to, I like you do your first 50 and you're going to, you know, hundreds more to go. You just kind of take it one thing at a time and, and pick something you're, you're going to work on and, and, you know, just try and get in that, in that zone, like kind of in that, that flow state where it kind of goes by quicker and it's a lot easier to kind of, you know, swim continuously for a long period of time. Do you, uh, how, how do you break up the workout in your mind? Uh, you, you kind of gave us a hint there, but in terms of the way you look at it, do you look at it as like, I've done this much or I've got that much to do? How, how do you justify the work in your mind? I think it's just like breaking down everything into just like super manageable sizes. So yeah, kind of like I said, if you're doing four one thousands, I, you know, maybe they're one negative split one fast, whatever it is you're doing that day, you kind of like break it down. Like, okay, like this is how I'm going to approach the first 250 of the first 1000. This is how I'm going to approach the second 250. And you kind of work it down into like super compartmentalized little bits. And that way you kind of are able to get through it. And so you, you kind of have a different goal or a different, you know, pace you want to hold or a different kind of stroke for each super small bit. And then it, it goes by a lot quicker. <laughs> Coaches talk, talk about mental toughness a lot. What do you think mental toughness means? Man, I think just being able to, to grind through and, and get done what needs to be done, even if you don't necessarily want to do it. Um, and yeah, just being able to not be phased by, you know, a tough workout or a tough, uh, a tough swim or something like that and kind of bounce back, just having real resiliency. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, just it just depends on each athlete like I mean sometimes when you're just grinding out hard yards I know a lot of a lot of people don't like to do that and and lots of days it sucks but you know you're just telling yourself like I'm building kind of your mental toughness um so you know when you get to races and stuff like that you know you know you have the ability to finish fast you know the you're like prepared and you've done everything you need to do do you uh enjoy breaking people do you enjoy breaking their, their their mental fortitude in in terms of like you know knowing when hey we're pushing here and we're pushing here and one of us is going to give and it's not going to be me and i'm going to get you at some point do you do you like that breaking point <laughs> uh i mean you always want to see your like teammates some fast when you're when you're doing a tough set but also yeah i don't know it's, it feels like when you're when you're training with somebody and you guys are yeah, exactly like both pushing each other and then they kind of like die or, or they're like gassed out or whatever, for some reason, the next couple hundreds or whatever you're doing feels easier. You know, it's like, <laughs> like you've taken that person down, like it's kind of giving you the energy to keep going for a little bit extra um, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's like, you know, you, you've kind of beaten them on that particular set on that particular day. And so, yeah, it's fun when you have a big group like that and um, yeah, you're able to make it and <laughs> someone else, maybe not. What about in terms of the open water? Um, you know, you're, you're racing a lot of Europeans and, and you don't get to race them a lot. Do you study your competition? Um, yeah, to some extent. I mean, for sure, in open water swimming, where I think a lot of the race is kind of about strategy, you definitely kind of want to have an idea on how someone likes to swim their race. Um, and then that way, you know, whatever they're doing, you're, you're kind of prepared for. Uh, so yeah, in terms of like how they pace it, you kind of want to know, but at the same time, you kind of don't want to let that affect you too much. You know, you kind of just swim in your own race, stay in your own lane. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's just a balance. Yeah. Have you, have you had a chance to kind of 
study yourself scientifically? I mean, from what I can tell, you have an enormous heart. I mean, this thing just pumps blood all day long. Like, have you have you actually gone in there and done any science on, you know, your physiological makeup, the way you're built? Uh, no, nothing like that. Nothing. No. <laughs> it's pretty remarkable. I've seen you do some incredible stuff. I'm like, this kid just doesn't die. And just, just when I think it's like you're, you're broken or you're beaten, like you'll find another gear and you'll, you'll find that next level to get to. Is that something that you, you find in the, in the competitors at the highest level is they have that extra gear. And so that's something that you know that you've got to develop. Yeah, for sure. You know, I think that's something that we've worked on, uh, you know, since I was like pretty young with Dave, you know, just always making sure like you have something left for that last effort, not necessarily like saving up or anything like that, but knowing like, you know, no matter what happens, like I can finish this race. And um, yeah, I think, you know, there's like anyone you've trained with that's is really fast, you know, when you're racing them, they're like, they always have something left at the end. And so you want to be able to be right there with them. What about the, the, your bad days? Do you have bad days? Oh, for sure. I think everyone has bad days. Uh, you just try and make those, you know, few and far between. And if you're having a bad day, kind of, we always talk about kind of moving the bell curve. So, you know, say you have a bad day and you're only swimming, I don't know, 50, if you're having a bad day and your hundreds pace fall down to 54, you know, maybe next season, a bad day for you is 53s. So like, even if you're having a bad day, there's still ways you can kind of improve and kind of keep progressing forward. Yeah. Nice. How do you know that you are getting better in terms of uh, your competition? Like I said, in the open water and the distance itself, how do you know when you've put together a great block of work where you feel like, Hey, I'm going to be super competitive based on the work that I've done here. Yeah. I mean, like for me, I think I've done pretty much like a similar training program um, throughout my entire career, just the way we break down the week and everything like that. So I can definitely tell, you know, when I'm getting better, uh, like when my fitness is improving just for like how I handle each week. And so I think having like a pretty detailed, um, workout plan and stuff like that, you, you know, for sure, like, you know, your body, you know, when you're getting better, but then again, yeah, open water is tough where it's, it's just solely a race. And so you can feel super fit and super fast and then go out there and, you know, not, not perform, not place where you think you're, you're going to place and um, you just, yeah, kind of rebound and stay focused. So for everyone listening out there, what's a regular week look like in terms of um, how many workouts and, and how much volume, first of all? Yeah. So we do 10 sessions a week uh, in the pool, then three weight slash draw on sessions, but we keep those pretty light um, just being distance swimmer, not really uh, looking to do too much in the gym. And we probably cover anywhere between, I'd say typically like 70 to 80 K, but you know, the last couple of weeks we've been doing a little bit more distance oriented stuff. And so we've been about 90. Um, and then, yeah, just carry that throughout the season. Um, and then, you know, vary it, you know, if we're doing like a big training block, like I just said, you know, we'll be up to 90. And then if we're getting ready for a race or doing some more pool specific stuff, we'll be down at like 70 K for the week. Uh, yeah, I think it's pretty standard for in terms of how I think a lot of distance swimmers approach approach their week. We do Monday morning is three uh, hundreds, uh, always three hundreds fast, some kind of three hundred fast. In the afternoon, it's it's pace stuff. Tuesday mornings uh, long kick. Tuesday afternoon is 
uh, distance, short rest stuff, Wednesday morning recovery, hopefully. <laughs> uh, Thursday morning is some shorter kick. Thursday afternoon is pace. Friday morning, uh, some sprints. Friday afternoon, like he calls it sprint, but it's like distance sprint. So like a bunch of fast stuff off the blocks. And then Saturday, kind of mixed bag, whatever, uh, whatever he has up his sleeve to, to give you a good last practice. Yeah. Well, you've been working with Dave for uh, forever now, for a long time, right? So let's give him a little bit of a shout out. What do you love about Dave? <laughs> what, what, do you, what do you enjoy about uh, his workouts? Um, yeah, I like how, yeah, like kind of just, you know, I was talking about earlier, just the structure, but I think, you know, for me, he's a, he's a great coach just because he's, he's pretty honest and, um, you know, he'll tell you exactly what you need to be doing and, and the times you need to be going to, to achieve, you know, your goal time for the season or whatever that is. And if you're not, you know, he'll tell you. And so I think, um, you know, for me, I really like that. Like I'd rather have, you know, a, a tough, uh, tough criticism as opposed to a tough result. Um, and so I think, yeah, just holding you accountable every day and telling you like specifically what needs to get done. Like, Hey, if you want to go X time, you need to be going, you know, 58, 100 freestyle long course for your pace. And then in order to do that, you need to improve your stroke and like, this way, this way, and this way. And if you're not doing that, you're not going to go your time. And so for the most part throughout my career, like every time I've done what he said needs to be done, I've gone my goal time. And every time I haven't, I haven't. And so, yeah, it's worked out so far for that. Let's have a look at your uh, college career just quickly. You know, I'm going to go through your freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year in terms of the mile. All right. So freshman year, you were 1458. Sophomore year, you were 1444. Junior year, 14.36. And then senior year, I believe you took a redshirt year. So you came back your senior year after that and went 14.23. So you, you have this beautiful progression, 58, 44, 36, 23. You didn't get taller. You didn't get um, bigger, uh, stronger necessarily. But so tell the, the, the kids out there, you know, the ones that are looking for that kind of progression as they go through college, what are the things that you learned in that time that helped you go from a 1458 to a 1423? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, one of the biggest things that, you know, might not necessarily, you might not think about right away is just kind of learning how to swim in college. I think that's like a huge thing for a lot of swimmers, like learning how to uh, handle your training schedule with like your class and your work schedule and everything you need to be doing out of the pool and kind of learning how to, um, you know, really manage your energy throughout the week and, and then throughout the whole season as well. You know, I think getting, getting to school, being in shape to start the season, kind of making sure you're building and, and getting that race prep and race experience in through the first couple of dual meets and then having a great training trip, um, putting in the work that needs to be done there and then coming into the championship season and just using that to kind of fine tune. I think getting better at that every single year definitely helps you kind of each year have those time drops. Um, I know like the first year I went in, I was like doing a little bit more of a uh, typical, like what I call like a typical college program. And I was only doing nine, nine pool sessions and doing like some stuff in the gym. And um, yeah, I went and talked to Jared, uh, coach Northwestern right after training trip. And I was like, look, can I kind of start doing an extra session in the pool um, and cutting down on some of this dryland stuff and just going for more, more K's in the pool. And, and he was like, yep, let's do it. And I think that kind of helped me get into the rhythm and um, kind of 
go back to doing what I had been doing during club that worked for me very well. And, and that's kind of how I got some time drops as well. Yeah. Nice. I love it. Well, you had a big breakthrough in 2015 when you won the world title in the, in the 10 K. Um, how was that for you? Like, how did that all come about? Yeah. I mean, I think kind of going off what we said, just like every year kind of getting a little better. Same goes for open water, just learning how to race the 10 K a little bit better every time you do it. And so I think that kind of uh, all fell into place for me in 2015. Uh, I won uh, U.S. Nationals, uh, kind of swimming the race a little different. So typically up to that point, I was kind of going out a little bit harder, staying in the front of the pack um, and then just trying to have enough left for the finish. And then in that year, I kind of tried to start staying in the back for the first half of the race and building um, through the last 5K and making sure, you know, I was right there with a thousand to go, having like built the race up as best I could so I could be sprinting right for the last thousand. Um, and that worked out really well for me and at nationals and did it again at worlds. And um, yeah, it's worked out well since then in terms of uh, racing open water. Do you take any breaks in the 10 K in, in an open water race, like at the world championships? I mean, so you, you do uh, you stop when you take your feeds. So you're stopping for like, you know, five seconds or so to just, chug a bunch of water you're like Gatorade mix as much as you can um but yeah for the most part you're not really taking any breaks but I'd say you know for the first well, I guess it depends each person in the race strategy but for the for me for the first 5k you know you're just trying to conserve as much energy as you can swim slow and and relax and so you're not taking a break but you're not expending any unnecessary energy how do you know where you are in the pack at that point yeah I mean uh, a combination of kind of sighting looking around uh, and having your coach just shout it out to you. So like I said, kind of my strategy is to, to stay a little bit more relaxed for the first 5k. And so I like to have Dave kind of shout out how far back I am from the leader when I come in. So it'll be like 20 seconds back from first or 30 seconds back. And then that way I can kind of gauge like how, how much I can conserve energy versus like how much I need to kind of work to stay within contact for the top guys. Yeah. In an, in a, an event like that, do you prefer it if Dave is just yelling obscenities at you or if he's just <laughs> yelling encouragement, which one's better? I mean, it's, it's hard uh, to differentiate at that point anyway, when you're <laughs> just drinking a ton of water and everyone's splashing and kicking by you. So, you know, anything you can do to get the point across works. <laughs> now uh, you had a successful 16 as well. This is where you, you know, you qualified for the, the Olympic games and, uh, and then you end up qualifying in the pool in the 1500 competing, um, you know, in, in that 1500 with, uh, uh, who was the uh, Connie Yeager, right? Connie yeah. Yeager, you and Connor. Yeah. So he's, he's kind of built like you as well. You, do you see some similarities in, in the two of you? Uh, I mean, yeah, he's, I guess he's not, he's definitely a bit bigger than me, but, um, yeah, I mean, Yeager's the man, so <laughs> just trying some like him and I'll be good. Um, but yeah, I think it was super cool having him at the Olympics with me and uh, some of the 1500 as well, just because I think, you know, we, we still have to do a little bit of work from the, the start of the meet until we swam on the last day. And so, you know, being able to go to the, uh, the training pool every day with him and, and get him like some pace stuff and stuff that we needed to do to get ready for the 15 was, was pretty cool. So the two of you uh, are willing to work together at that point? Like you're, you're helping each other out, even though ultimately you're going to compete against each other in the pool? 
Yeah, for sure. I think, you know, you're both Team USA and all that. And um, yeah, I mean, he was super cool. Like he was the second Olympic. So he's definitely like helping me out and um, just like having that encouragement and having that, that person there that's been through it before kind of be like, Hey, like, like we're going to the pool today to, to do some pace 100s while everyone else is, you know, tapering or hanging out in their room. Um, it was yeah, awesome having him there to kind of, to guide you through it. And you just off the podium in both the 1500 and the 10k, I think you finished fourth in the 15 and fifth in the 10. Does it, were you satisfied with those results or did you feel like, you know, you, you could have somehow got on the podium? Is there any regrets there at all? Yeah, I think uh, in the 1500, no, I was just so stoked to make the final. That was my goal going in and um, I dropped time from my seat time. Uh, in my prelim swim and then I dropped a little bit more in the final and so you know it was like obviously you want to be on the final when you realize you have that or the podium excuse me when you have that opportunity and you kind of see it in the race but I think at that point I swam the race like as well as I could have at the time and um yeah I was 14.45 I was fourth but to get on the podium I'd have to have been 1440 and I don't know if I was necessarily ready for that at that time mm. um so yeah obviously like a bummer like fourth like, damn but um <laughs> all in all, like, I was just like, I gave everything I had in that race. Yeah. So, you know, nothing to, to be too upset about, but then, yeah, in the 10 K I, I didn't swim in, you know, the race as well as I would have liked. And so for that one, yeah, that one definitely stung. Um, just going in there, having won the world championships the summer before. And um, yeah, I felt pretty confident and that I was going to have a great swim and just wasn't really able to have the best execution of my race plan or anything like that. And um it was so close at the end. I think it was 1.3 seconds between me and bronze. And it was just like a bunch of guys finishing all at the same time and just, yeah, not the best finish for me. Yeah. Who do you think your main competition is this year in the pool for the U S Oh man, there's a bunch of guys that are, uh, shaping up to have a good 15, obviously Zane and, uh, Bobby, uh, from Florida, Sam super well, uh, last two summers. And, I mean, you never know at trials, there just could be some kid who's 18 or whatever and is having a bunch of time drops and goes off. So I think it's, for me, it's more just like focusing on the time I think it's going to take and trying to be able to hit that time. What is it? What do you, what do you, what are you predicting it's going to take to make the U S Olympic team in the 1500 uh, first and second? <laughs> I think probably mid 1440s for sure. I think uh, right now, the guys that are swimming that's all like just a little bit faster than their best times and so i definitely think yeah if you want to be competitive for those top few spots you have to be mid to low 1440s and you, you've been there before i mean you've been you've been in that range so are you feeling like right now that you're better than you've ever been that you're able to maybe take a few seconds off that and be in the low 1440s yeah for sure i think right now unfortunately i mean as you know like in la it's been impossible to get long course training in and anything like that but in terms of how well i've been swimming short course i mean it's better than i've ever done before so um yeah hopefully we'll get some long course coming up and able to convert the the time drops and um good training i've had in the short course pool to long course is that imperative you think like you think well, let's say that things just stay the same up until trials and you're only able to get the majority of your work in short course is that going to hinder you you think I mean, hopefully I'll get some long course in. Um, but yeah, I think it's a little bit different. Just the 15 compared to the 1650, like 
you need to be able to get in that long course pool just a little bit just to get you know kind of that rhythm down I think um just having that that feel for you know not taking that flip turn at the 25 and having the the fitness to kind of keep swimming for that 50 uh, you need to be in the long course pool just a little bit for that yeah mate um you know you're a proud U.S. Olympian what's it what does it mean to you to to represent your country at the Olympics I mean it's the coolest feeling ever to to wear you know red white and blue on the podium and just walking around and I think the best part about being on Team USA is being around like some of those other athletes on the team it's pretty fun just to to share that experience with them and um yeah it's, it's super cool to be like a U.S. Olympian on the U.S. Olympic team I think you know when you're on the swim team and stuff and you're wearing that gear, you like walk into the, uh, the dining hall and stuff and people turn and they're like, that, you know, like that's the U S Olympic swim team, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah. And then just, you know, I've never really get to be on any of the relays or anything like that. Just, uh, but it's, it's so fun just to cheer on your, your teammates and stuff every night when they're, when there's someone relays and stuff like that too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, what's next mate? Um, you know, what, what are you hoping for in the next few months? Some long course training would be awesome. <laughs> and then uh, hopefully get a couple more race experiences in to try and uh, see where we're at. Um, I know we're doing a suited effort tomorrow night <laughs> yep. with uh, hopefully Cody can do some of that. And um, yeah. yeah, hopefully get a real, real meet in too in the coming weeks. Is there any open water meets on the horizon for you? Uh, no, not that I know of. Uh, hopefully they'll be able to run nationals in, uh, I think it's May this year. I'm not sure when they're having the US nationals, but hopefully they're able to run it. Um, they ran a 10K in October, which is the last one they raced. So, uh, yeah, other than that one, they have nothing planned. Yeah. Well, listen, Matt, I appreciate you spending some time with us. Um, like I said, it's been really interesting watching you train and, um, yeah, super impressed with your with your work ethic and your commitment to excellence and just the, the way that you push yourself. I mean, I've never seen anyone. I've seen people push each other. I've never seen anyone just push themselves the way you out there doing it alone. And some of the work you're doing is so impressive. And and um, some of your commitment to your personal commitment to to your own personal performance is pretty outstanding, mate. Very impressive. Thanks. Thank you very much. And thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. All right, mate. Take care. I'll see you later. Yeah, see you later. Bye.